fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try to And welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, paving your way to fantasy excellence, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy championships, all that good fantasy stuff. Uh, I'm your host, Nat The Truth Jones, making a rare Monday appearance. Yeah. And, and with me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, how you doing? We got a, I, I want to say it's an exciting Monday night game. It's not really, but this is fantasy, so it doesn't really matter. How are your teams doing this week? Do you have anything on the line tonight? I do not. I sure do. Yeah. So one, I need to get, it's not a lot. I should win. I need, I think seven to eight combined points from Callaway and, and Alex Collins. But that's, this is the type of sick thing that's like Collins will get ding up in his groin early on. Callaway won't see a target all game. Like I, I don't, I, I feel good. I should win. Yeah, you should win. It's I'm like an guarantee. 87% favorite at this point, but you never know. So I'll have to sweat until at least one of those guys scores or does something notable. We'll find out. Uh, you said you don't have anything on the line tonight, though, Matt? No, Matt? I, won, I won by 60. My game's over. Uh, the Cup-Stafford stack was too much for them to overcome. Oh, that, that's just monstrous. Yeah, we're going to talk about Cooper Cup today. And as you guys know, usually it's just me solo, but the truth wanted to join. He, he missed me. We have it. We didn't get our Sunday night show in, so he, he missed my sexy face and had to talk to me today. So we will be doing the usual risers, fallers, as you guys have come to know. But we'll be alternating each player, going through all the usage snaps, all that good stuff. You guys know how it goes. But we do have some news, Nat. we got to cover before we get into those. And that's Devontae Well, before, before anything else, give us a like. Oh, of course, guys. Yeah, we see some of you guys have already hit that like button. Thank you so much. If you have any Monday night football or rest of season trades, any of that good stuff, questions, get them on in. We're going to hit questions as we always do. You guys know this by now. But any questions you have or you just want to say hello or any risers or followers we might miss, Get those on in the comments now. We'll make sure to hit the mailbag as soon as we're all done. It takes about 45 minutes or so, maybe even less, uh, to get through all these names. But today we do have some other news, so maybe it'll take just a little bit longer, starting with Mr. Devontae Adams. He's on the COVID list. Fuck. He's probably not playing on Thursday. Oh. Hope you didn't. hope you don't own him too much, but I know you do. I have him everywhere. He's my first rounder, and he's panned out enormously huge by being so. I absolutely love the guy. I also have Aaron Rodgers in, in most of those leagues where I own – uh, Devonta Adams stacking those two up. So this is brutal. He does have a slight chance because he is vaccinated. The team has good COVID protocol in the past, according to the reporters I've been reading and scouring the news for. So there is a chance he has to get two uh, 24 hours apart COVID-19 negatives, and we'll see if he can do it. I really hope so. It's going to come right down to the wire because obviously I love this guy. Uh, weirdly enough, in the games he's missed over the last couple years, last two seasons, Rodgers averages – 311 passing yards and 2.8 TDs without Adams, whereas he only has 248 and 2.2 passing TDs with him. I don't know why. I don't know how it makes sense. I don't buy into this being like, this is what's going to happen now. Roger's going to blow up without Adams. But just so you know, it's just like, don't hit the panic button on Rodgers without Adams in a potential shootout game. He should still put up some stats. Kind of wild though, right, Matt? Like, Hot take of the night. 
Packers yeah. better without Devontae Adams? Question mark? It's insane. I don't get why those numbers are what they are. But don't you think it, that probably means – I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm totally talking out of my ass here. But don't you think that that probably means maybe in games that he wasn't in there, more likely to get down and have to pass? Yeah, I mean, most likely. I think that, that's exactly what it means. It also does have a big impact on Aaron Jones. He averages 14.6 carries and 6.0 targets per game without Adams that's a a bump into nearly two targets and a whole carry per game so big usage bump for him of course the the ancillary receivers guys like Alan Lazard who's coming off of two decent games in a row uh he's gonna see some more he had a a nice touchdown so actually again the Cardinals shootout style game maybe MBS is gonna be back off the IR so we'll see if MBS makes it but probably less likely this time given that it's a short week so we'll see Randall Cobb would get a big boost in terms of usage and targets and all that good stuff uh so it would obviously a wait and see approach we don't know quite where this is going to pan out but a lot of guys out there on waiver wires and Lazard in Randall Cobb and Tunyon coming off a big day this last week maybe he sees some more work uh but I would not be overreacting for Aaron Rodgers even though it seems like he should be nothing without Adams for some reason he is better most likely as you were saying that because he has to throw more often so that's the Devontae Adams fallout so far all right, let's get into it. Let's talk quarterbacks. We got a lot. Of, let's talk Monday Night Football first, and then let's hey. hit quarterbacks. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Um, if you're desperate, yeah, and this is key here. If you're desperate, Rashad Penny, Traquan Smith, they might be some desperation pickups. What do you think? You got anything to add to that? Both very desperate, but we do know Carson is uh, without a timetable right now. Who knows how long this is going to linger? I mean, he was supposedly about to be back, and then the next day he goes on the IR because Carroll just never tells the truth about anything. Uh, he's always so sunny and optimistic about his players. So, Penny, sunny. we've seen some great juice out of this guy. He always gets hurt right after displaying the great juice, so I don't have high hopes. But let's, let's stash him ahead of the game, see what happens. He's only 30% or so rostered right now, and far less rostered is Traquan Smith, who might be the wide receiver one. You know, Callaway, I love Callaway. I think he's going to have a big game tonight. But Traquan's had huge games in the past as well, including with Jameis. He had all his touchdowns last year. came from Jameis, shockingly. Uh, even though he, Jameis attempted like three passes, they were touchdowns to Trey Fonson. <laughs> they were all touchdowns to Trey You Fonson. never know. You never know what could happen there. Uh, guys that are worth stashes ahead of the game, uh, if you have trash to cut after this or injuries to cut, things of that nature heading into the game. And I have seen the Seattle Seahawks also added as a popular play for defense for next week because they're facing the Jags. I think they're so bad that it doesn't really matter. I'm not like wasting a early roster spot or anything of that nature on them. Um, the last player, we'll talk about Deshaun Watson a little bit. We have some news on him uh, that okay. we're going to have to talk about. But we'll get into right. QB. That's where Let's we'll, talk that's quarterbacks. Where yeah. And I'll just – I'll get the ball rolling here. What the hell is happening to Pat Mahomes? <laughs> What's going on? Patrick Mahomes, here's the stat line. 20 of 35 passes. So for, a, you know, a nice uh, like 55% clip there. 206 yards, no touchdowns, one oh. pick. And then he left the game early after taking a big fourth quarter hit. Didn't matter. They were just getting smoked by the Titans, who have a bad defense last time I checked. Awful. It's What's going awful. on? <laughs> he has died with this glorious QB, Zach Wilson, for the most interceptions in the league, Pat Mahomes is. He's in the past typically taken great care of the ball. I have no idea what is happening. This is the first time he scored fewer than 10 points other than in a full game ever. Is this the worst game he's ever played? Yes, there's one other game against Denver where he got hurt early and scored fewer than 10 points. The only other time. This is his worst game of his career. No doubt about it. Worst season so far. Far and away. uh, No doubt about it. Mitch Chavez, I don't know if you're in the chat, but please let us know what is going on with the Chiefs. 
what is happening. It is easy to buy on a rebound too. But honestly, like if you could sell Mahomes and somebody thinks they're getting savvy and buying low, like I don't, I'm not opposed to trading him. You think he's going to come back with a vengeance and light it up. But we've been saying that almost all year. I, I, it's just a brutal, brutal blow. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, just not quite at these first round levels that we're, we've come accustomed to. I do think they'll rebound. It's, it's the Chiefs. It's Mahomes. It's an easy rebound bet to make. But something is different this year. There's no doubt about it. We had a trade uh, involving Mahomes in our league. Uh, in my hometown league. It happened last night. Uh, whoever had Mahomes and paid through the nose for him, by the way, this is why you shouldn't reach for a quarterback in an auction and paid, spend 35 bucks on him or whatever. Uh, the deal in our league, Mahomes just got traded for Russell Wilson, who is injured, and Adam Thielen. So, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. Good thing you splurged on him. My God. Uh, to another QB riser going 32 of 40 passes. So 47 and 40 pass attempts across his last two games. 291, four touchdowns, two interceptions. One of them was one of the most atrocious picks I think I've ever seen in yeah. my entire life. But this is a, a big two-week span in a row. He gets the, the Texans coming up in just a couple of weeks. This is a streamer that I think you got to hold on to. And you never know if he's going to end up getting moved, all these trade rumors surrounding him, Deshaun Watson. Either way, if you, you stashed him and streamed him, our streamer of the week it certainly panned out over 28 fantasy points. Hopefully, I would say continue to hold on and see where does he land. There's rumblings to Washington. That would be interesting right. for sure with those weapons. Well, there's the Deshaun Watson rumors circulating still. So that's got to make you a little bit uncomfortable if you're a Tua guy. Although, who knows? Maybe you like the Washington destination better. It's worth noting that the guy, as good as his line was kind of on paper, 80% completion rate, he only threw one ball over 20 yards. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, Tua seems limited to me, and it seems like whether you're going to start him or not may be more dependent on matchup than anything else. Yeah, I can get behind that. All right, let's move on to Joe Burrow, who looks like the real deal, huh? Oh, yeah. I mean, 23-38, 416 yards, three touchdowns, interception in their win against the Ravens. I believe this was the only matchup this week between two teams that had winning records, believe it or not. It was a lousy week for matchups in the NFL. And the Bengals came out on top, and now the Bengals are on top of the AFC North. Joe Burrow looked like a monster. He's got an incredible receiving core. Like, you know, albeit Tyler Boyd seems droppable completely. But, I mean, throwing to Jamar Chase, the guy looks amazing, right? Oh, yeah. He's insane. We're going to talk about them when we get to wide receivers. No doubt about it. But Burrow himself, not only are they atop the AFC North, Matt, they're atop the AFC right now. They'd have the one seed if the season ended today. Really? Yes, the Bengals are the number one team in the AFC right now. How insane is that? I didn't it's, see it's that coming. No, it's crazy. But again, what's really encouraging for Burrow, specifically from a fantasy perspective, early in the season, one of the slowest paced teams, one of the most run heavy teams since week three, they had a 32% uh, neutral pass rate. So they were running the ball every single time it was neutral or, or uh, they were up. 56%, 60%, 50%, now 59%. Uh, so they've really increased the rate which, in which they're passing. Last year, that was at like 65%. It was insane. Uh, but this is just good to see them picking that pace back up for his season-long value. Someone who does not have any season-long value at this point, Justin Fields. Sorry we recommended him, folks. Pathetic. And maybe it's Nagy. I think a lot of it's Fields, too. Horrible decision-making. Awful reading of the field. 184, three interceptions, two fumbles, Oh, got eight rushes for 38 yards. This is where the Konomi code no longer matters. It It doesn't matter. It does not matter when your quarterback is playing this shitty. Now, he is not being helped by his play caller. He has a 99 passer rating when he does use play action compared to 49.7 on traditional dropbacks. They are running 
play action at one of the lowest rates in the league. So they're not really helping him out and rolling him out and using the fakes and all that good stuff. But either way, he doesn't look good. I guess our one hope is Matt Nagy does have COVID. So maybe that will eventually usher in a new. That's not a hope. That's an actual thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, yes. The hope is that maybe they'll actually boost this offense without Nagy on the sidelines, but man, it is just awful. And I don't think it's all on, on Nagy. It is a lot on Nagy. He's not helping his quarterback out, but Fields just doesn't look ready. He doesn't look good. I'm I'm not going to make excuses for Nagy. I'm not going to defend Nagy, but Fields looks bad. Like, he does look bad. Absolutely. On top of that, like I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I, very. I, it's like that, I'm, you know, it's like pining away for Andy Dalton to come back. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Please, right. Red Rifle, we need you. Or Trubisky. <laughs> uh, speaking of guys who suck again. How about Sam? Trubisky? By the way, now I, I know we're, we're we got a ton of things to talk about. No, it's no, okay. But do you let's, think like Trubisky might not be that bad, and it's just like a Nagy problem? And if he yes, I do think else, that. I do I think mean, that. I, I mean, want him to give a shot. <laughs> let's find out. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to like sit here and stump for Mitch Trubisky, but I at least have questions. Yeah, I'd love. So to speaking see of a guy, party. speaking of a yeah. guy that we had questions about because they were in a shitty situation, yeah. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Let's Good talk job. about him, man. After like three weeks, we were just like, wow, Sam Darnold's like, you know, he's he's all man. Like this is a real NFL quarterback here. It was the Jets, maybe not. No, no. <laughs> what do you, 173 what do you think? yards of offense before he got benched for none other than. XFL legend PJ Walker, who came in and completed three of 14 passes, 33 yards, did not look any better than Sam Darnold, probably even worse there. But there's a reason they are now in the Deshaun Watson trade sweepstakes, which we're again, we're gonna, we got two more quarterbacks to cover till we get there. But it's just crazy that Darnold was literally the QB5 for the th- first three weeks. And then you look at the matchups and you're like, okay, uh, this was 100% matchup driven. And now that he it's gets like when giant, Denver was 3 and 0, but the teams right. that they had played against were 0 and 9. Pathetic. A lot of teams milking that early season schedule. The one thing now is, though, he got the Giants this week. Like, this was supposed to be, okay, maybe you can rebound. You get another crap team giving up the 10th most or 8th most points to QBs. You should be able to rebound here. And no, they did not move the ball at all. They were stuffed all day. It's it's sad. It's just sad to watch. I was looking forward to rooting for him and, and this good comeback story. But it just wasn't only Gase and the Jets. It was clearly Darnold has his own faults as well. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, Trey, Trey Lance. Lance Maybe he's going to come back now, though. Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo maybe was taking a little more heat than he maybe deserved uh, from that game. I watched that game. I mean, it was like a torrential downpour. Like nobody could hold on to the ball, um, including including Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, you could tell when he was throwing, he was like kind of aiming it, like just hoping it would go where he wanted it to go. Um, I mean, he did hit Debo basically in the chest with that pass that ended up getting picked. I mean, it was in traffic. Yeah. I maybe a bad decision. I don't know. I think it would be tough for me to think about benching Jimmy G based on that game. The only thing too, though, is now they're two and four. The postseason yep. hopes are kind of going down the drain. I, I, it's more so just again Trey Lance getting dropped across a ton of leagues. Go stash I, him because again, I, you, him. I want to keep and, and you probably should have, especially during bye week hell. But we want to keep reemphasizing the playoff schedule: Atlanta, Tennessee. Houston, three of the easiest possible matchups. Tennessee, who held the Chiefs to three points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. Like, I'm not, they've been a gold mine for fantasy QB every single time, other than Pat Mahomes. Go figure. Who knows? But uh, again, I want to emphasize that the Konami upside is so big with him, as it is with Jalen Hurts. And, and I don't even know if he rises at this point. I just want to reemphasize no matter how bad he looks, he looked bad all week. Again, 232 two TDs, but also 61 yards on the ground, another over 20 fantasy points. And what I found crazy. All coming in the fourth, right? It's all coming in the fourth. This is the modern day 
Blake Bortles, folks, the garbage time king. Uh, I don't know why or how it can't happen in the earlier quarters. Why are they not dialing up these runs? I think it's just a matter of they get down so big and it's just, okay, go do it, do something for us, Hurts. And he does. He, he comes out uh, running all over the place in the fourth quarter. So just crazy to see that indeed. All right, latest on Deshaun Watson. Ian Rappaport or, uh, reports that there is a quote-unquote good chance that he is traded by NFL's November 2nd trade deadline. Um, you know, sure, maybe there's a good chance. We know that the Panthers have expressed interest. We know that the Dolphins have expressed interest. Is there any other landing spot that you think is plausible? And do you think the guy will play if he gets traded? So that's what I, the question's always been, is, is he just going to get immediately sat in the commissioner's list? But Rappaport tweeting that he's expected to be able to play immediately and that until the legal findings are fully you know, researched, whatever the decision's made there – they might let him just play it out, which I, I imagine is going to come with a shitstorm of backlash and probably should. But either way, fantasy-wise, if you can stomach playing somebody that's likely a scumbag and did some horrible things, at the end of the day, that's what fantasy is. On the Panthers especially, that's kind of the team I really hope. Like the Dolphins, yeah, it's intriguing in some sense. But the Panthers, in terms of Joe Brady's offense, in terms of Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall when he comes back, and then, of course, Christian McCaffrey, if he ever gets healthy. That is an explosive team that seems like they truly are a QB away. I mean, they were putting up points with Darnold. Never mind what if they get the, the league's leading passer of last year. It sounds like the Dolphins, though, they are, quote-unquote, for Jay Glazer, and he seems to be the most tapped in about anybody in all these situations, especially this one. They're very heavily engaged, and you've got to beat Miami's offer. So it sounds like he is going to get traded. It's probably going to be to Miami unless a team – like the Panthers, the only other team that's been rumored before were the Broncos, which would also be a really interesting spot. Uh, they were apparently ready to make a haul for them. And then with the legal stuff, they've dropped out since. Who knows if they'll re-engage? And then also the Eagles have been linked quite often. Um, it doesn't look like Hertz is a long-term answer. They have so many first-round picks. Maybe that becomes a team as well. But my guess is it happens to be the Dolphins. One and six. I don't know why you're doing that either, but who am I? We'll see. And just well worth the stash at this point. Uh, we said this earlier on Thursday. Until November 2nd passes, he should be on every single fantasy football roster because he's a top eight weekly QB whenever he's out there. All right. Give us a like, folks. We're moving on to running backs. Um, we're going to start with Eli Mitchell, who the Wolf was not as high on as I was no. last week. Uh, but Eli Mitchell, based really on the strength of a uh, extremely strong first quarter or first drive, we'll even say, um, ended up with 18 rushes for 107 yards and a touchdown against the Colts. Snap count favored him hugely over, uh, you know, uh, Jamichael Hasty at 34% of the snaps, Mitchell at 66%, Trey Sermon 0%. I'm hoping that on this list uh, there's going to be a drop Trey Sermon uh you know, command. Well, I haven't looked ahead. Mitchell got 18 carries. Hasty had three. Uh, Hasty was targeted six times to Mitchell zero, as Mitchell did come out pretty much on third down every single drive when they got there. Exactly. But you do have the clear cut, far and away early down rusher with that type of workload. And it, he looked damn good. This was the first time I've got to really watch an extensive action. Now, granted, it was the rain and people were slipping yeah. and sliding all over the place, but he was showing some great bursts while he hit the whole nice reads of the zone blocking scheme. I mean, if you're getting 18 to 20 carries out of Eli Mitchell moving forward, he's going to be a weekly top 10 guy. I was clearly wrong to be down on him. He only had one good game ahead of this uh, against the Lions. I thought that was just like kind of a one-week wonder. Nope, this guy can ball. This was a good linebacking core that he was putting in the blender quite often. Good to see. But, yes, cut Trey Sermon. Not even a snap. Never mind a carry. Didn't see a single snap. Definitely on the cut list. Now we got the Eagles' backfield in uh, with Miles Sanders suffering this an ankle injury. They're all up in flux. Gainwell did lead the team in targets and snaps. He had four catches, 41 yards, and a TD. 
through the air, another 20 yards on the ground, but it was concerningly outcarried by Boston Scott, who did run in a touchdown as well as 24 yards. Those two will likely form a committee. Gainwell, definitely the most attractive back there, much more talented, certainly more higher usage in the receiving game, which is weird because that's always been Scott's forte, but Gainwell is the guy getting that workload under the new coaching staff. But even still, Boston Scott should be added with this injury. There's no word yet other than they don't think anything's been broken by Sanders, but he also does not have a timetable moving forward. That does not sound good. It seems like something that's going to be at least a few weeks. DeAndre Swift now officially in the conversation for being one of the top value draft picks in the 2021 draft fantasy draft. That is 13 rushes for 48 yards. That's not that impressive. However, he added eight catches for 96 and a touchdown McCaffrey esque type numbers produced a ton of points. I think he had 29 PPR points, something like that. That is no joke. Um, I mean, there's so much garbage time, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and I mean, for the lions, although it didn't really happen in this game, it was tight. They actually needed him to produce in clutch situations, and by and large, he did, right? Every time he gets the ball, he produces. He is such a dynamite player, the league leader in fantasy points per touch last year, carrying right where he left off. He has 100 more – well, I guess Patterson is 95 yards away, and he's kind of a wide receiver running back hybrid. Swift has 95 yards more than him, which is just crazy, and that's the second closest guy. That's how dynamite this guy's been as a receiver. We projected that going into the year. I thought it was crazy when I looked at it. It was like, holy crap, do I really have this guy catching 80 balls? And I might have been too low on his receiving production. It's just insane how often he's being targeted. I think Jonathan Taylor, I mean, Swift's right up there in your top five moving forward. I think Taylor also, especially oh, yeah. in, you know standard and half PPR leagues, looking fantastic. And, and 18 carries, 107 yards, a score, third 100-yard game in the last four weeks. But more importantly, he went from you know under half of the snaps to start the year to now seeing 65% and then 69% this last week. I believe Hines saw one, maybe two touches the entire week. It, it, the usage, the snap total, everything is bumping up, and Taylor is running like a monster. He also leads the league in carries inside the 10-yard line. What a beast. He's really coming around. He was the ultimate by low just a few weeks ago. This is taking you in the way back machine here to last Thursday. Dearness Johnson, 22 rushes, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Also had two catches for another 22. I went against this guy in fantasy, and it was just killing me watching this happen. Kind of makes you think that the Browns' offensive line is just the real story here, maybe. Although I thought, I, I thought that Johnson did look good, but I, I'm like, maybe anyone would look good behind it. Yeah, he really did like read the ball the right way. He only has four eight speed, so everyone wrote him off as a horrible play, and except us on Thursday night. I remember we were telling everybody to play him. Thank God we did too. Yeah, uh, it is the line. It is the, the that was the whole thesis behind the play. The line, the carries, the production that this backfield consistently has. He saw fifty snaps compared to twenty two for Felton. Ran sixteen routes compared to thirteen for Felton. So he was the main pass catching back, and that's why I wanted to put him on here. Because he might take over that Kareem Hunt role, at least until obviously when Hunt's back, he was a monster. He's going to take the role back. But we don't know how long that that injury is going to last. It did not look good. Chubb's expected back. But I do think Dearness Johnson's going to have some regular value until we see Hunt back. He's the all-time leader in running back receptions at USF. All-purpose all yards from running backs. I mean, the guy can catch the ball. I think everybody thinks gross plotter just because he's slow. He has nice, soft hands, a good route runner, uh, and clearly can read these zone blocks quite well. What a monstrous performance. It felt wrong to keep him off the list, even though it was Thursday. Had to do it. Josh Jacobs, you got to monitor that bi-week injury. He did hit or hurt his chest. They're saying it's not too serious as of right now, so my guess is with the bye week, he'll be back. But if not, Kenyon Drake saw 14 carries, 69 yards, and a score, another three catches for 10 yards. And ever since the new 
uh, coach has taken over the, the interim there. He seems to be getting Drake more involved. Jacobs, in fact, called for Drake to be more involved as Alabama boy there. And, and so far, so good. He's had over 14 fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. I don't think that remains steady. But if he's seen 12 to 15 touches, that's kind of when Drake's been at his best. We always we were excited about him as a workhorse and all this stuff coming in the last year. It's not his thing. But when he gets a nice steady 14-ish, 12 to 14 in a, a 1B role, that's when he's at his best. And it seems like that's what this role is evolving to. Still out there in a lot of leagues. Go check for Kenyon Drake. Speaking of 14 carries, uh, Cordero Patterson's done that now two weeks in a row on each side of their bye. And coming out of the bye, the big thing that happened is this guy is finally, as he really has seemed for the whole year, he's kind of officially the Falcons running back one now. He out-touched uh, Mike Davis 16-4, to four, and I believe out-rushed him 14 carries to four. Davis not involved in the passing game at all. I actually had somebody in my league. Uh, announce on the message board they were trying to wheel uh, deal Davis after that game and they advertised him as Atlanta's RB1 which I was wow. like on no planet is that true um, Davis seems like a cut to me but I don't know uh, Patterson ended up we said his floor is 15 I think he had 14.2 fantasy points uh, PPR he's taken over the backfield yeah he's a monster this is his job 19 opportunities so yes 16 touches but also three targets that did go uncomplete compared to four for mike davis not even close in terms of usage at this point davis a nice robust 10 yards on his four carries a nice 1.0 for you awful just useless awful and patterson's the one that's getting all the goal line work too there's no appeal to mike davis i absolutely agree with you nat that he is a cut candidate shocked to see khalil herbert who i did recommend to bench this was one of our worst calls of the week. It was sketchy with Damian Williams coming back. How is it going to be divided up? Well, Khalil Herbert saw 23 of the running back opportunities compared to just four for Damian Williams and one for Ryan Nall. He also took those opportunities, ran for a hundred yards against the Bucks. That's only happened three times since the end of 2018, which is wild. Meanwhile, Williams himself completely useless. Obviously you you're cutting this guy this week, five, uh, three rushes, five yards, one catch for three yards, complete non-factor in terms of snaps, in terms of touches, in terms of productions. This was the Herbert show. Not only did he have 100 yards on the ground, he did also have five catches and 33 yards. It was kind of rumbling that he wasn't much of a receiver. He's the guy there, though. Yes, Montgomery's going to be back, and Montgomery will probably take over the every down back roll, but this is the guy you want to own behind him, not Damian Williams moving forward. Patriots went completely apeshit on the Jets. Oh, yeah. Three to 14. I'm sure that a lot of aggression for these New England fans came out. Red Sox losing, all that stuff. I'm sure you really enjoyed this one. Uh, yeah, Damian Harris good. had a huge day, and Bolden had a James White-like or James White-esque day. Uh, Harris, 14 rushes, 106 yards, two touchdowns, great game. I also had two catches for seven yards on the only two times he was targeted. Brandon Bolden, six out of seven targets for 79 and a touchdown. Also, mm-hmm. had two rushes went nowhere, but that's not the story. Uh, like James White, great receiving, uh, you know, running back. And man, you can rack up a lot of fantasy points if you're getting seven balls thrown your way out of the backfield. Absolutely. And he was our stream of the day with so many desperation at running backs. He ended up being one of our highest recommended guys. Was so pumped to see it after Ramondre Stevenson, who was going to be our stream of the week, was a yeah. healthy scratch. We ultimately just turned Stevenson into one of our favorite streams and gave it to Bolden and Look what he did. Awesome performance from him. Great performance from Harris. It's almost sad to know that Harris had two touchdowns vultured by J.J. Taylor late in the game because the Pats were up so big. If the Jets had any type of pulse, we might have been looking at a four-touchdown day from Harris. So very encouraging to see that moving forward. No doubt about it. Not encouraging to see Antonio Gibson playing fewer snaps than J.D. McKissick. 
awful stuff. He's dealing with this shin injury, and clearly it's impacting his playing time, his ability. I wonder if they shut him down at least for a few weeks, if not the entire season, given this this year has gone completely haywire. He did see 14 carries compared to just four for McKissick Gibson, 51 yards on the ground, caught both his targets for five yards, but the usage is just so pathetic. Route mm. rate goes from 40% down to 30%, down to 21%, 5% target share these last uh, two weeks. Just abysmal, just awful. Meanwhile, we did see McKissick, as we said, lead the team in snaps. He played 46% of the snaps compared to 30% for just Antonio Gibson. Um, And then 22 yards on the ground, 34 through the air. Not a great day for McKissick, but usage-wise, he's the guy that's going to be in there more often, more likely because they suck so bad, the football team. They're going to need a guy that gets that receiving production. But definitely wanted to note how bad this has been for Antonio Gibson. Probably the bust of the year, if not Allen Robinson. We'll talk about in a little bit. There's some other candidates there. But anyway, Chase Edmonds uh, saw a usage uptick this week. But the money shot, the touchdown, the goal line run still goes to James Conner, who has got to be a thorn in a lot of people's sides right now. Uh, Edmonds went 15 rushes for 81. He had one catch for nine yards. Connors, 10 rushes for 64, so less carries than Edmonds had. But if you were starting one of them, you would have paid off quite a bit better if you'd started Connor. He was the one who actually scored. What do you think? Is this just going to be cheese nibbling and more cheese nibbling and whatever? Or is one of these guys ever going to take over? I think it will always be this cheese nibbling situation unless one of them gets hurt. I do think it was of note, though, that Edmonds finally practiced in full for the first time in three weeks, and he saw a season high in carries, a season high in snaps. Uh, It seems like he's officially back at this point, and he played 53% of the red zone snaps the last three weeks. I get that Connor gets the goal line snaps no matter what, but he only had 32% of those snaps in weeks one through three. He's now taken over in terms of the red zone back. Connor's still going to get that short yardage, the, the plunge situations, but it's just encouraging to see. I think he is a nice buy low to see Edmonds get healthy and see these types of upticks in his usage. Another guy that might have been a sell high was Miles Gaskin, but we get Malcolm Brown going to the IR. This could open up at least a few weeks of usability for Gaskin, who did see 15 carries, 67 yards, as well as four catches, 10 yards, and a score. Big day for Gaskin. Big day with Malcolm Brown, who got the start. It is probably going to be another mind-numbing situation because, again, Brown did start. Uh, but he's going to be gone for at least the next three weeks. Maybe Ahmed also becomes viable. Seven carries, 26 yards, two catches, another 26 yards for really desperate situations. And we've based on the questions we got yesterday, there are some desperate running back situations out there. So I did want to mention him as a potential bye week type of wave wire pickup, but it's really probably going to be the Gaskin show these next few weeks. And if, if we do get Watson there, we might see Gaskin's value really start to take yeah. off. So he also got cut in a lot of leagues out of frustration last week. Go check it out and see if Gaskin's out there uh, for cheap right now. Samaji Piran, he is worth a roster spot because Mixon's usage was maybe a little discouraging. Mixon yeah. actually only outcarried Piran 12 to 11. They put up very similar yardage. They each had a touchdown. I mean, they had very close uh, stat lines, although Piran had a catch for 23 yards and Mixon didn't have any receptions in the game, which really caps, you know, your bell cow, your three down back type uh, production that we're looking for for somebody like Mixon. Uh, do you think this is a one game thing? Now, a lot of the work came when they were up three scores. Yeah, I think that's a good amount of it is in close games. I imagine a lot of that work remains with Mixon. But Piran's shown he's no slouch. He's not this plotter everyone thinks him to be. He's playing really well since he's arrived with the Bengals. And it's got some real handcuff with benefits type of feel to it. Mixon obviously is no stranger to injuries. And Piran, when he gets work, clearly produces. So a guy that I think needs to be rostered in pretty much every league at this point 
moving forward, as does Michael Carter. It doesn't look all that encouraged when you look at the final stats, given that Ty Johnson started the game. Ty Johnson had six catches for 65 yards. He was the guy to go in goal-to-goal situations with no Tevin Coleman being there. But then you look at the numbers further. We also saw him play, Michael Carter, see 20% of the, or 20 rather running back opportunities in terms of carries and targets compared to 12 for Johnson. He had 72% of the snaps Michael Carter did, 60% of the routes, nine targets. He ended up also having 67 receiving yards himself in addition to 37 on the ground. It was actually a pretty encouraging week when it looked like it could have been a downfall with Ty Johnson starting and seeing the work he did early on. Carter ended up cleaning up. Uh, late there. So just wanted to make note of him. Don't cut bait yet. He seems like he could be the get guy moving forward. We're going to now go to wide receivers, guys. But as we do, this is the, the most loaded position. It'll take us about 10 minutes or so to get through oh, them. We'll wrap up with a handful of tight ends. And then by, let's call it seven 750, we'll be hitting all okay. your questions. we got 52 in the mailbag. Yeah, so and, we definitely want to hit those. Guys, most of you know how we work. But if you're asking questions about sit start, stuff like that, we're going to get to them. We promise. Uh, be patient. And like Wolf says, 15 minutes, we'll probably be onto the mailbag. Okay. And if, if you have a desperation sit start tonight, we do want to reemphasize that the super chat will get you right to the top of our radar and we'll make sure to answer that with nice, good depth. We got a, a very good, uh, very generous last few. We did come through for the T Higgins Jarvis Landry. I know. Hey, the $50 super chat. So if you're tuned in here, uh, thank you for that support. We came through with you. Willard coming through with a $20 super chat on Sunday. The people have just been great. We really, really appreciate your guys supporting the show. Um, not necessary by any means, but if you have a desperation question tonight, that's the easiest way to make sure it gets answered. All right. Let's let's so we can honor that. Let's get right into receivers. Let's talk Bengals wide receivers. Let's talk about Jamar Chase. Let's talk about T. Higgins. And let's talk about Tyler Boyd, even. How about that? Um, interesting thing about this, everybody knows the game that Jamar Chase had. I mean, the guy had over 200 yards, eight out of 10 catches and uh, a touchdown. I mean, it just had a monster, monster, monster game. And the guy just completely reeks of being the real deal. Interesting. So, I mean, not really much else to say about Jamar Chase, except that I can't really say anything better about him. Interesting thing. T Higgins is the target hog on this offense. He's actually the guy getting the most targets. So if you're a Higgins owner, I would find that pretty encouraging to tell you the truth. Tyler Boyd, third in everything. Maybe fourth if you count Uzuma. <laughs> exactly. It's wild to me. I mean, the production hasn't been quite there for Higgins. It's crazy how efficient Jamar Chase is. And every week it's like, can he sustain this? And we always say we think so because he's a, an elite talent. But it just keeps getting better and better. It's insane. He actually broke the most tackles. He has three this season. He had, uh, you know, 5.29 yards per route run. That's insane efficiency there. But as you said, Higgins, 15 targets this week, 13 the week before. So 28 over his last two and a half games. Very impressive stuff from him. I do think he might be a sneaky buy low because, yes, Chase is the number one. It's no doubt about it. Uh, but I do think there's some nice volume there for T. Higgins, especially towards the end zone. Meanwhile, as we said last week and just reaffirmed this week, Tyler Boyd, very, very cuttable. Four catches for 39 yards, pathetic distant third, which is exactly how we envisioned it. Um, but it's, it's playing out to probably be even worse than we did. Let's talk about another trio of receivers or really like one alpha and then everybody else. Cooper Cup. I know I, I should have saved this one for you to go off on that because that's your boy. Ten catches, 13 targets, 156 yards, two TDs. Insane. Far and away the number one guy. We had that one week where, where Woods cried about his targets and saw 14 of them and had like a decent day. But he just went six for 70. 
not even a second at this point, like a distant third, given that Van Jefferson saw more targets than him, seven targets, four catches, 43 and a TD. Van Jefferson's only a hundred yards away from what Woods has been doing this year. Meanwhile, we've got Cooper cup on an insane pace. You want to know how crazy this is? We all talk about how good Devonte Adams was last year. Historic wide receiver. It was, it was a set records for the amount of fantasy points he was putting up 25.6 per game. Cooper Cup is right now averaging 27.2, nearly 30 points a game, more than what Devontae Adams was doing last year. This is insane. I, I And every time it's like, he should cool off, right? But no, this is it. Him and Stafford, it's just insane, this rapport. There's no cooling this off, right? Thank you. Uh, no, there's not. And thank you to Mitch. He just threw up 10 bucks for us uh, with a super sticker there. I'm not sure what a super sticker even is, but Mitch, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, oh, hell man. yeah. A super sticker yeah. doesn't even have a comment. I don't know what that means, but Mitch you're just about to man, Mitch. Thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like getting a patch saying RSJ super fan. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Can, can Cup keep it up? Who would you rather have right now, Chase or Cup? I'd rather have Cup, yeah. The oh, yeah he hasn't seen below 10 targets in a single game. No, yet, right? like, not even once. Not even <laughs> once. He's, and also insane. just a little piece of trivia in my league in the auction, Cooper Cup, 19 bucks went to me. Same price that was paid for Mike at uh, Mike Evans. No, Mike uh, uh, Davis. Mike Davis. Oh, God. I was going to say Evans bucks. isn't like no, no, no. that bad. No, 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 no. My point. <laughs> Mike Davis, Cooper <laughs> Cup value, valued evenly at the beginning. That's right. horrendous. Let's talk about wide receivers. And Antonio Brown was out this week. And, you know, when one of those guys is out, the other guys kind of go nuts. Mike Evans went nuts. Six out of 10 targets, 76 <laughs> yards, including Tom Brady's 600th, which he briefly gave away. Also yeah. scored three touchdowns. That is a monster game by any standards. Meanwhile, Chris Godwin, eight out of 11 for 111 and a touchdown. Uh, they both ate, you know, and probably because AB was out. AB's coming back. They're all probably still going to eat. But when one of them's out, you can count on major bumps for the other guys. Exactly. That's really the, the summary there. Jalen Waddell. Somehow it was only started in like 50% of leagues in both ESPN and Yahoo this week. He should be locked in the lineups moving forward. And that, of course, is going to be driven home even further should Deshaun Watson get there. But eight targets, seven catches, 83 yards, the career high for him. Uh, he now is 11th in the NFL in wide receiver targets. The guy is playing sneaky great ball, and it's kind of overshadowed because Miami just really sucks. But this guy's having a very solid rookie year, and he still hasn't really been his deep speed, which is one of his best assets Hasn't really been utilized. So it, it, this guy is a blow-up candidate, especially if Deshaun Watson arrives there. If you can sneaky buy a low at this point, and like people recognize he's doing well, but I still think whatever offer you make is probably going to be lower than what his season-long value is moving forward. I really like this guy. All right, we got to move here. Ravens wide receivers, Marquise Brown, five catches on 14 targets. 14, 14. targets is nice. And he had a great touchdown catch. It went for 80 yards, uh, and he also had that touchdown that I talked about in the Ravens' loss to the Bengals. Rashad Bateman, meanwhile, needs to be rostered in all formats because basically they only threw the ball to three people, and he was one of them. Uh, he's, he's only 32% rostered. So, I mean, I don't know if you have any belief in this passing game, and we have seen some real – promise in it i think more than i actually would have given him credit for at the beginning of the year bateman's a guy you should pick up yeah i'm just so sad i was burned so bad by marquise brown last year because dating back to last year 10 of his last 13 games he has a touchdown in five of seven this year he's he's been unbelievable and the 14 targets just confirmed yes bateman coming in last week 22 percent target share he seemed like he could be the alpha this is still marquise brown's receiving core bateman a great one b two ish type of player and he's looking good some big plays 
good chunks after the catch. I love what I'm seeing here, but this is definitely still the Marquise Brown show. We mentioned Alan Lazar as a potential streamer. He did score another touchdown, second straight game, five catches for 60 yards. And now with Devontae Adams potentially out, he might be the number one. So definitely a guy we'll talk about in more depth tomorrow on the waiver wire show, but keep him in mind as you make your pickups. Uh, it may be time to cut Brandon Ayuk, although oh, really it might have been time to do that several weeks ago. I believe yeah. he had one catch for six yards. I believe that Ayuk has nine receptions on the year, nine catches. Meanwhile, Cooper Cup had 10 yesterday. Yeah. Um, Debo Samuel, meanwhile, the contrast to that seems to be completely matchup proof. The guy is amazing, and he has to be because as far as I can tell, he's the only one that gets any passes thrown his way. And why would you throw to anybody else, frankly? It really seems like they're missing George Kittle. I know he kind of underperformed. When he was in, we thought he'd be more than that. I think they're really, really missing him right now. Ayak just not getting it done, and Samuel just a complete monster. Yeah, 20 yards to their backup tight end, Charlie Warner, was the next closest. Debo Samuel's the only weapon through the air that's doing anything here. One of the best picks you could have made this year. Amon Ross St. Brown, a popular pickup these last couple weeks after seeing seven or more targets in three straight games. Doesn't get a single one against the Rams. He did have the Jalen Ramsey treatment. That's kind of brutal. But Khalif Raymond, meanwhile, eight targets, six catches, 115. Maybe he's the guy moving forward. It is one of those offenses that is horrible, but they often will have to throw so much late that volume does come. And, and now it's clearly not the Hawkinson show at, at, at this point anymore. Maybe Raymond, a decent stab moving forward. You did talk about hate cuts, though. I got I to gotta take this one, Alan Good, Robinson. Go. I don't even know why we're talking about this guy anymore. I've been advocating to cut this guy for weeks, and everyone on Twitter, no, try to trade him. Like, you can get something. Trade him. him in a package. Who in their right goddamn mind is trying to trade for Alan Robinson? Trust me, I tried, and nobody is. I, I mean, Kevin Rice texted me. He was able to somehow ship uh, Alan Robinson and Odell Beckham to get uh, – I think it was DJ Moore, which is actually an insane value. Well done, Kevin Rice. So I guess yeah. there are some people that will still bite name values. If this guy doesn't get created, though, and he's got a few, he's got one more week to get traded to another team. If that doesn't happen, he has not been above the wide receiver 46 in a single week. He's the wide receiver 60 just behind Mr. Byron Pringle on the season. This he's is also on this list. Awful. It's insane. It's it's pathetic. Yeah, we might as well move to him. Go ahead. But yeah, this, this is just a pathetic third round pick, the bust of the year in my opinion at this point. Uh, it can't. How could it be anybody else? Awful. Talk about Brian Byron Pringle because he just brought him up. Yeah, I mean he did catch lead the team in wide receiving. Five catches on six targets. Both were team highs. Seventy three yards more than. Tyree Kill, and also more than McCole Hardman, who had 28 yards on five targets. It seems to me like Pringle's starting to take this role over. He's not all that special, but maybe if Mahomes gets this thing rolling again, their number two receiver could have value. Either way, Hardman, a popular stream in recent weeks. I think it's time to send that guy packing. A.J. Brown, we've dumped on him quite a bit, but he had a wide receiver-esque, wide receiver one-esque game today or yesterday. Eight receptions on nine targets. 133 yards and a score. Now, granted, the Chiefs not known for their great pass defense at all. Still, that was really encouraging to see. Some people really spent high, a lot of money to get A.J. Brown earlier in the year, and he just has been disappointing. He did get, uh, this week, he looked at a 33.3% target share. That was pretty nice for spreading the ball around. Down, actually, from 36% the week before. Think he's here to stay? Oh, yeah, he's back. He looked fully healthy. That's kind of what I was wanting to see. Contested catches after the catch, looking like a monster. Pittman reemerges in alpha, too. Only four targets, but catches them all for 105 and a TD. I, I want to see what he does without Hilton, you know, with Hilton back, because he's been a monster every single game other than the one T.Y. was in. 
I wonder if that will remain the case if T.Y. is going to have that big of an impact moving forward because, damn, this guy is good if and when he's playing as the lone number one. All right, we'll talk Panthers wide receivers real quick. We talked about how much Darnold has struggled. D.J. Moore caught 6 out of 10 for 73 yards, uh, and Robbie Anderson caught 3 out of 9 for 14 yards. Nothing Uh to get too excited about there. No, just the amount of targets that Robbie Anderson saw, 20.6% target share. He's had 38 targets these last couple of weeks and turned him into 13 receptions. Very inefficient, pathetic. He needs another quarterback. Deshaun Watson would do wonders for that guy. And even though DJ Moore is clearly the number one, I brought him up because he went from 15.4, 21.9, PPR points through his first four weeks to now have 8.8, 10.9, 13.3. This is the DJ Moore that I've been low on for quite some time. I'm really hoping a new quarterback can come here and inject some life in him because it was looking like he finally had his season turned around. But, man, this Darnold collapse has been brutal. And the last receiving core we need to talk about is the Cardinals with Zach Ertz coming there, who we're going to talk about momentarily. Rondale Moore was the odd man out, only 37 snaps under half of them, 16 routes run well under half there, only three targets, 17 yards on two catches from there. He's just as good as he is, as talented as he is. He's, he's the odd man out here, especially with A.J. Green, another 66-yard game, three targets. Christian Kirk finding the end zone, racking up 60 yards. It's clear that Moore is below all these guys, and especially now, even Zach Ertz, as we now get into tight ends. Give us a like as we get into tight ends. Slim74, I know we're not in the question segment yet, but he slipped us five bucks, and he says, hold for Dalton, hold for Dalton. The Bears fans realize now Nagy was right about Fields. A-Rob is a wide receiver one with Dalton. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Man. Thanks for the support, Slim. Thanks so much for the support. We really appreciate it, and I cannot say I agree. It, it, it can't be worse for him to have Andy Dalton, but I, if it's Andy Dalton, I'm still cutting him. Start All right, let's them. let's fly through these tight ends so we can hit this mailbag. It's it's pretty good size. How many number? How many we got so far? We're up to like sixty something. Yeah, hell yeah. Let's All get right, a good right, Monday go. mailbag, baby. Uh, Dallas Goddard. He's a mo- uh, emerged as a weekly tight end one. Uh, obviously, Ertz departing. He caught three out of five of his targets. Got yards in his law Raiders, but still, this is pretty encouraging. He was in for ninety three percent of the snaps. That's a lot. Eighty eight percent routes. Like we said, five targets. That's a fifteen percent share. Not too bad. Um, if you picked Goddard off off waivers, uh, you probably feel pretty good about that right now. Yeah, the Ertz, first game without Ertz, every down guy, as, as we hoped and expected. It wasn't a huge stat line, but definitely encouraging in terms of the usage perspective. Just wanted to reemphasize, Gusecki is an every week top six tight end. I get set starts about him every week. I don't understand how. Seven catches, 85 yards, and a TD. He's now been the tight end three, seven, 17, one dud, tight end two, and tight end three. So top three in three of his last five, top seven in four of his last five. The volume is insane. Tua loves him. All the quarterbacks love him there. And why shouldn't they? He's an athletic freak. CJ Uzuma, I mentioned him before. He's, yeah, you start this guy every week also. I mean, we're actually starting to get like a group of maybe like eight tight ends that you pretty much are going to start every week now. It was kind of a grab bag for a while after the top three or four. This guy, three catches on three targets, 91 yards, two touchdowns, looked like a monster on one of those things. Um, And he scored five touchdowns in the last four games. That's nothing to like sneeze at. So this guy's the real deal. Pretty much everybody on the Bengals went off except Tyler Boyd. Yeah, that, that's part of why Boyd is so droppable. Is Uzuma is the clear uh, top option ahead of him at this point. Kyle Pitts, you know, coming off the bye, was he going to have a good encore? That was our must-watch story of the week. Oh, seven catches and 163 yards. I'd call that a pretty solid encore. 18.5 <laughs> average depth of target. The guy is going deep. He played 36 percent 
of his snaps lined out wide. That's the highest in the league among tight ends. He had catches for 23, 13, 39, 26, 11, 23, and 28 yards. Those were what his seven catches were. You can hear how deep so many of those were, and they were all like over the shoulder in the bread basket. Defenders draped over him. The guy was making these insane routine catches. It's just ridiculous how talented this guy is, and it is clearly here to stay. Love Kyle Pitts, the top three guy moving forward at tight end. You know, on the Cardinals, as Rondale is falling through this, uh, the floor, Ertz possibly punching his head up through the ceiling. You liked Ertz before this game. He did score. So anytime a tight end scores, you pretty much say they have a good game. You'd say he was by far the most used tight end out there for 35 snaps, ran 20 routes. No other tight end on their team ran more than four. Uh, and he actually ran more routes than Rondell Moore even ran, even though the guy's a wide receiver and played more snaps than Ertz did. So do you think he's here to stay? Yeah, 66 yards and a TD. I mean, a lot of that did come on a 47-yard rip up the middle. Would have been a pretty dud week otherwise, but that's what this offense does. It generates these types of opportunities given all the weaponry they have. Clearly, he's here to stay. The last guy to mention was Mo Alley-Cox. He now has back-to-back games with scores, 25 yards, and a TD. He's got 50 more, fifty or more yards and a TD in all of his last four games. Seems to be pretty involved at this point. Big body, big athletic freak. Uh, so I like to stash him in, in leagues where I'm desperate at tight end and that is it and we're here and we've made it by kickoff good job there we go truth great recap show it's fun doing it with you it's kind of boring usually by myself just reading stats and snaps and answering people's questions i loved having you here uh so that was great and guys thank you guys for being here awesome audience lots of questions about 100 on the night thank you so much if you haven't already hit that thumbs up button on your way out would be so appreciated as would subs we're almost we're getting close to 2k would be awesome to hit 2000 before the season ends that would be awesome here guys thank you so much for being with us find all our content at rotorstreetjournal.com we breed and feed fancy wolves if you prefer podcasts or need a podcast instead someday you can always listen to this on the fancy fullback dive we pave your path to 2021 titles i don't know how to enforce collusion or how to complain when the commission is involved i think you just got to take it to the uh, commissioner's house and burn it to the ground Drive by slowly uh, in the middle of the night with your interior lights on. Yeah, this is like real life type of torture to the commissioner because you can't really do anything fantasy wise. He's got all the power, but you need to make his life hell. Uh, Ward Willis is what you got to do here. But thanks again so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh, here we go. Oh, and two. Thanks for some good luck and good advice. That's what I like to hear uh, to now being 24, two, and one. Good stuff, Kurt. Jesus. That's four, four, two, two and one. one. I was like, that makes more sense. It's amazing. Yeah, awesome stuff. Yeah, uh, but thank you guys. And again, I'll be updating my rest of the season big board with all the players we talked about tonight. That'll be up later tonight, early tomorrow. Uh, so check that out. I'll be live every day, Monday through Thursday, 7 p.m. Uh, Truth will be with me on Thursday. Maybe even more shows. Who knows? Whenever Truth is welcome, uh, you're always here for sure. But uh, thanks again, guys. Thank you, Millie C. Great job, uh, Lobos, which means wolf in Spanish. If you're not a Spanish speaker, Truth, but we are the Lobos. Um, yeah. Well, best of luck, guys. Let's go Callaway for Denny Jennings and all of us. Uh, let's get these these week seven wins. Hopefully you get what you need. I'm the wolf. I'm the truth. The world full of fancy sheep, guys. Be that wolf. Later. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go. But at least we stole the show 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 At least we stole the show
Wilson football right there, folks.